Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Professor Burgess here with Professor Bur- Bussy. Yeah, that, there we go. You're the Bussy. I'm the Burgess. But as the years have gone on, we've entwined into one human being. Uh, but anyway, Bubba, that's what marriage is all about. Well, Rick, we were just talking about, uh, we were figuring right before we went on, we have done with the radio show yeah. 7,800 shows over Good 30 grief. years. Good grief. And and this is like a podcast 180, late So we're, we're sneaking up on 8,000 yeah, times we, we've sat down yeah, and said that. We've said that. And, and we always laugh. Uh, Bubba was actually already married when the show started. I wasn't yet, so my wife says, "Meet the person that has been married to my husband, the only person longer than I have." <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's we've we've been around for a long time. If you're not familiar with the weekly show, the the four hour show, uh, go to rickandbubba.com. All that information's there. Well, it's five hours with a kickoff. Well, that's true. If you yep. count the kickoff hour, they they give Bubba and I a break because we're getting old, but the other guys do five hours. You know, the real story behind that is they wanted us to start earlier, and I just told them I can't. Bubba do just it. said. No, yeah, I just cannot. I, I, there was it was one yeah. of the, it was one of the the rare roadblocks that we put up. And said that just that's not non negotiable. Uh, let's talk about our guest today. Uh, Adam Davis is our guest. He's actually been on the podcast and on the show uh, in uh, I guess about three years ago, and um, he has written a, a, a number of books and uh, and speaks um, in a lot of places. The new book is what we're going to concentrate on here, and we're going to talk about the actual opportunities to go out and also see the live version of Unconquered. That's the name of the new book. Boy, timely too, now more than ever. Ten Principles to Overcome Adversity uh, and Live Above Defeat. Uh, And, you know, one of the things that Adam Davis gets huge Rick and Bubba points on, when you go to the bio, listen to this line. He has been featured on multiple radio and TV shows, including in the number one slot, ahead of Good Morning America, ahead of Huckabee, ahead of Blaze, and ahead of Fox News, there is the Rick and Bubba show. Good job. Good job, Adam. That away. So welcome back. How are you today, sir? Oh, well, hey, it's so good to be here with y'all. All right, so I know it's been about three years since we've interviewed you, maybe a little less. But do you know what to- number show you were on? Uh, I do not recall. Yeah. I, I looked at it this morning, but I can... It was barely, early. Yeah, it was yeah, early, early on. on. So let, let's, let's reintroduce you, because the audience, uh, some of them have you know come on board since you were on last. Uh, you, your background's in law enforcement, uh, but your your whole life, uh, unfortunately, but fortunately, you, you, you're talking about how we overcome these things. That's what the book's all about and the tour. Uh, you've had a lot of trauma in your life, even even before law enforcement. So yes, you share what you want to share. Uh, you don't have to. You're not required to share any of it. But yeah. but uh, tell, tell cause, but I think the audience says if he's going to talk about how you overcome trauma, uh, how you develop these these coping skills, mm-hmm. has he really had everything he had, to, anything he's had to overcome? And, and <laughs> yeah. the answer is why, why yes, yes, you have. So, so go ahead with that. Yeah. So born and raised Alabama all my life and uh, born and raised in South Alabama, in fact, and uh, my parents divorced when I was real young and I was left with a neighbor who was an older male, no relation to us. I always like to say that. Um, and things started off pretty normal. I got to eat the you know, sugary cereal and watch the good cartoons that ended with that soul folks and all that good stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Looney Tunes. Uh, Looney Tunes, yeah. And, um, and, but it it turned dark, you know. He he um, had a console TV that used to take four or five people to carry out, but it had a VCR on top. One day he put in a VHS tape, and I remember some of the details from what I saw, but it was pornography. Mm. You know, mm. It was, um, oh. And it wasn't long after him showing this pornography that he began to do the things to me that we were seeing on TV. Oh, man. And, you know, I remember from a young age that fear 
had a stronghold on my life because of this and shame and guilt. But fear was fear was really Lord of my life for a long time. And because I gave in to fear a lot. I always like to say that some of the, the worst decisions I've ever made were because of fear and some of the best decisions I didn't make or were delayed in making were because of fear. And it started at a, at a young age. I learned how to smile at you when I was broken inside and pretend that everything was okay. And But that wasn't the last time it happened. It happened again in the church as a teenager. And then one of the leaders, she was married in her 30s. And I can't really adequately convey how to, deceived and manipulated I was because of this stuff. Um, but, you know, I remember she would lead worship and sing songs on the platform, and then I would be left at her house for her to babysit me. And she would make me strawberry daiquiris with Bacardi, and oh my. then we would have a sexual relationship that lasted for a, for a while. Uh, I do remember a Wednesday night, because as soon as I turned 16 and I was given uh, a vehicle by my dad, which was a two-door five-speed Geo Metro mint green and it would get like 60 miles to the gallon. I started going to a different church and, uh, and I got there and I locked my keys in my car one night and I called dad and I said, I need your help. And he, he was like, I'll be there in just a second. And, uh, he pulled up in his wrecker and he's a man's man, you know? And I got in and I was like, before you get out, I got to tell you something. There's some stuff going on and I need your help. And so I kind of told him, what happened early on and then I told him what had been going on then and his first words are not words that we could probably repeat over the air. Understood. Uh, but it was violence and rage and a lot of anger. Yeah. And which is a normal response Understood. from a yeah. parent. Yeah. Sure. And then he moved to protect me. And then two years later, I would get married at 18 years old. And this past Saturday, we celebrated 23 years and that's by God's grace that we're married and that she loves me. And, and, uh, I explained everything that happened early on before we got married, but none of, neither one of us knew how it affected me and how jacked up I was, but that's a little bit early on. So, I'll so take you've a, had quite a spill yeah, there. You, you, yeah. And then you get in some law enforcement, which has, <laughs> yeah. which has its own trauma. But I want to ask you something specific because so we don't get so far down the road that I have to walk back. Yeah. You clearly talk about it in the book, Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. And we'll hit as, as many of them as we can. We certainly won't do the whole book. But I know there's a strong spiritual component to your life, which is key yes, to accessing that power. But I can only imagine at that impressionable age watching someone pretend Mm -hmm. to be a person of faith and then doing things that were very dark. Mm -hmm. Did that make you not trust the church for a while? Did did it have an impact that all these people are fake? I kept the church at an arm's distance, and I mean a real long arm's distance (laughs) for a long time because— I, you know, and it and it really messed up my perspective of healthy relationship when I was married. Of I course, did, I didn't understand. Of that course, at the time. yeah, yeah. Because if this lady's a church leader and doing this, what's everybody else doing that's not church leaders? Right. And and if the church will sweep it under the rug when it's brought up to them, then who can be trusted? And do you think people that go as far as like get alcohol for a teenager? And do what happened? Do you think those person tr- that person can truly be redeemed? Is that truly a person that believes what they claim to believe? Because that's kind of perpetual, mm-hmm. deliberate planning. That's not a mistake Evil. in a moment. Yeah. You know, it just feels like it's 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 a plan. Well, it is planned. It's not it seem like it. It mm-hmm. is. I was and, groomed and, and prepped for it. Right, and that always makes me go. Do they really believe? Yeah. I, you know, I, I find it hard to believe they do. I'll tell you what I've struggled with, and I struggled with this as a cop for some of the things I saw. Yeah. 
who is beyond redemption and forgiveness. Right. If it were up to me, the line draws at pedophiles. Right. But who am I? Right. Understood. And and I've forgiven all these people that were involved, the two people who did it, and everybody else involved. I've forgiven them because I had so much hate and it was destroying Understood. me. Understood. Yeah. But what you know? Can you really be? Can you be redeemed? You can be redeemed for, from that. Uh, from that. But, but I'm talking. Were that. you redeemed at the time Absolutely that you were? Not. That you were? I say Ab- no. Yeah. You no, certainly can no. be redeemed. I actually had a man in my life that said something that I was really profound. And we talked about the pedophiles and the things like that. Oh, yeah. And I, I said what you said. I said, I really have a hard time even thinking yeah. that redemption is available to them. And I never forget what he told me. Never forget it. He said, then you don't understand the depravity of your own sin. Man, that's powerful. And I said, okay, wow, yeah. a little shut up, juice. You know, <laughs> a little shut uh, up. Well, right. I think right. we you know, know that. Right. We yeah. know yeah. that's available, but yeah. it, it's just on a, with a, just a very human level, it's hard to imagine. And yeah, I want everybody to hear I, me. I understand. Yeah, don't misquote. I'm not saying it's right, but yeah. I, I understand. Don't misquote me on the podcast. I'm not saying that that person did that to you was beyond redemption. Oh, no, no, no. My yeah. question was, do you think she was pretending? <laughs> Obviously, she could have been redeemed when she was doing no. it. No, you know, put it on the show. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah, yeah. So that do you? Let me ask you yeah. about that particular incident. Do you do you think you were the only one, or were was this a habit um, on her part? I think I was probably the only one, only because I was being, you know, she was babysitting me for a while, right? And access for a long time. Right. You mm-hmm. know, I say a long time for about a year, but it was a lot. And you know, I've wrestled with why did I need a babysitter at fifteen, and and I go back to. When I tried to have a bonfire and build a, a fort in the backyard with old <laughs> Christmas trees and the bonfire and the old Christmas yeah. trees didn't yeah. work out. So right. maybe that's why I need a babysitter. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we could have found someone better. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> babysitter may not be the right terminology, <laughs> but I understand having an adult to keep yeah. an eye on. Yeah. Yeah. I would think. You yeah. would hope so. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. a supervisor would be a better word, but I'll tell you our coal factor needs some work. Yeah. But but it did. Who's supervising the supervisor? Right. And so you you and we'll come back and finish. So you you came through that trauma. You said you went back and forgave those people, which is healthy. Uh, and then, but you brought that baggage into a marriage. You brought that into law enforcement. I did, and with, with which has its own sets mm-hmm. uh, of uh, all sorts of seeing the world. The world as I, many people in law enforcement have told this, and we may discuss with the with you the last time you were here. They say the hardest part about the job is you see the world at its worst mm-hmm. every single day, mm-hmm. and you never you don't get much look other than hopefully at home of of a side of the world that looks a little better. Yeah. Uh, but but you see everybody is is at their worst when mm-hmm. when you guys encounter them and and the people that uh, that are the most depraved uh, are the people y'all are supposed to protect us from so you, I, so you have to deal with them and some of the worst times of the year around the holidays Christmas time I I I grew up loving Christmas like mm-hmm. and and to this day I love it but it took me a few years to get yeah. to that place but as a law enforcement officer man other than the overtime you're just dealing with people who are who are just evil yeah. and wretched and, and which I'm an utter wretch, but for the blood of Jesus and his grace. Yeah. And I, I remember longing for innocence and peace and comfort instead of always having to battle this stuff all the time. Right. right? I bet. And I just want to go somewhere where we can sit down and there'd be some sense of normality where we can have coffee and be together as a family without me having to run out and go do something, you know, um, you know, I, it, for me, the, the pains from law enforcement really were amplified because of unaddressed childhood trauma. Yeah. 
they were really amplified. And I remember there was one one particular case, and there's like blocks of time that are missing, but there's one particular case that lasted about a week. So they assigned me to traffic homicide division, and then I got in and was trained as a, a I almost said it, hostage negotiator yeah. by one of the three-letter agencies. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so it, it was, I enjoyed it. I loved it because it's a skill set I could use on patrol, in investigations, yeah. anywhere. But this one hostage situation lasted about a week. Mm. And it was uh, in Dale County. Yeah. And y'all probably remember this, but the guy goes onto the school bus, says, give me one of the boys, give me one of your kids. Bus driver, Charles Poland, refuses. He shoots and kills the bus that. driver. I do remember that. And yeah. takes a little boy off the bus who was five years old. Mm. And I had a child at home. It was five years five old. Five years old. Mm. Yeah. And it's hard to believe, but there was a time I had hair and it was blind. Right, yeah. And, um, yeah. and so there was a correlation that was happening. I didn't understand it at the time. It took me years to see it. But I was seeing myself as a hostage to the people mm-hmm. that hurt me as a little boy. Understood. And all the people who continued to try to manipulate me using God's word and different terminology trying to manipulate me. Instead of me having a relationship with the living God, I was having a relationship with a denomination or with this particular church. That's what they wanted. And so a lot of manipulation. So I saw that. I'd wake up and my entire side of the bed be completely soaking wet. And it never happened to me before. It scared me to death. And I came home one afternoon. A guy had ended his life with a 12-gauge shotgun. There's a rape uh, of a child and then just regular everyday stuff that you deal with. It was a hard day that day. And I don't know why it was so much harder other than just the things I was seeing that day. And I went home. I had become really emotionally numb. Mm-hmm. Shut down, isolated, withdrawn. I took off my uniform shirt, my vest, my gun belt, sat down in the recliner and just stared at a blank TV screen. And I was, when I say seared conscious, I was in a very dangerous place. And pain gets us to that place if we let it. And my wife, I could still hear her sitting at the kitchen island behind me or standing there washing her hands. I hear the water turn off and she said, hey, babe, how was your day? Mm. And here's how I should have responded. I should have said Hey, I really I had a really hard day, and and I don't I don't really want to go through it again. It took everything I had to get home, uh, so can we just leave it at that and move on? Let's go play with the kids, eat yeah. supper, whatever. Instead, I responded like a jerk, and I was hard and cold, and I said, "Fine," and it was a tone in which I said it. Mm-hmm. And look, I didn't just learn this overnight. Like it's taken me years to say I should have done this different, mm-hmm. and that turned into an argument. And I can't repeat verbatim the exact question she followed with but it was when did you become such a glass hole yeah and um and so i packed my stuff and did what i knew best Uh, and i ran and i went and stayed in a portable office building i had been drinking yeah and i hadn't you know it wasn't widely known except the guys i hung around from work and in dangerous levels of alcohol and um so I went and stayed in a portable office building so I could be numb and isolated by myself and drank. I was unfaithful to my wife. I'm not proud of any of this, but I want I want you to know all of my junk. Yeah. So you understand the beauty of his grace. Amen. And his redemption. And um I remember Let's hold it right there. Let's come back. Yeah. yeah. And we'll that. we got to take one break. We'll come back and we'll finish uh, with Adam Davis, the new book, Unconquered. When Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. 
So, Bubba, when you talk about um, you know trying to be sure that everybody is going to be all right, one of the things that we have to look at, and it's not a lot of fun, is life insurance. Nobody wants to talk about it. None of us. None of, we hope we never have to use it. But the facts look. If you if you just look around, uh, at some point until Jesus Christ returns, uh, our earthly life is going to end at some point. Yep. Uh, and and so if we are the first to go, what happens to the people that depend on us to provide for them? Well. I think that's pretty easy to understand, but then it can get complicated, but not with ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba. Uh, it is 100% digital. There's no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. If you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you answer just a few questions about your health in an application, and you are approved. Uh, they're rated 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot. They've been on Forbes' best uh, life insurance list. You just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply, and those smart algorithms work in real time. So you find out that you, uh, you know, hey, am I instantly approved? And, and the answer hopefully will be yes. No hidden fees. Cancel any time. Get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. So here's the call to action. Ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba. Do it right now. Find out if you're instantly approved and get this handled. This is what we don't know. We want to know. If we pass before our loved ones, what amount of money are they going to get? Uh, all this other stuff gets kind of convoluted. That's the bottom line. L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Rick Bubba. Ladderlife.com slash Rick Bubba. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Adam Davis is our guest. Uh, he's written a new book. It's called Unconquered. 10 Principles to Overcome Ad- Adversity uh, and Live uh, Above Defeat. And the timing of this book could not be any better. It's almost as if God is involved in it, and we believe that he is. Uh, Bubba and I talk about it every day on the show. Adam, you saw it out on the streets. Uh, we, we have a, a large society that doesn't seem to have very good coping skills. Uh, they don't know how to handle adversity. They wouldn't even begin to know to how to overcome it. And one of the mistakes they make is what you said you were making before it changed is to isolate themselves. Uh, they they don't they they don't know really what to do when people ask them if they're okay. They just keep saying yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had a, a friend of mine we were cutting up about it earlier that says I'm not going to ask you anymore if you're okay because you can just say fine. I'm going to ask you what you are actually feeling. You have to give me a specific word. That's good. Yeah, and so and so anyway. Uh, so so you have established that you were in a bad place. I was. And and then what happened next? So I got up on a Sunday morning, got my uniform on, got my patrol car, and I went to work in overtime detail. I knew my wife and kids and everybody else would be in church, and or were supposed to be, and um, I finished what I needed to do, and then I pulled into the parking lot of an abandoned gas station just south of town, and backed my car into a parking space in front of the building, and I stopped, and I pulled my, my sidearm out, mm. and, and I paused. Something that I never shared up until that point was from the pain as a child through my teenage years and young adult. I felt a number of times, man, people would be better off without me. Yeah, I'd sure. been better off than I'd have been before. Sure. And, but I had a bad case of victim mentality. Uh, I had a bad case of listening to the enemy and to the enemy's lies. Uh, but I was in a bad spot. And so I yelled at God. I'm not going to do it to your speakers or your ears uh, for those listening. But I said, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you can hear me. But if you have a plan for my life, you have a reason for me to be here, you can have it. Otherwise, I'm out. I'm done. Now, I don't recommend this approach of desperation and surrender. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. But you don't have to get to this place. But something happened in a patrol car. Now, I'm analytical. I'm looking for facts. I'm looking for truth. 
So I'm going to tell you that since 2015 in my encounter in a patrol car, I've tried to convey um, the peace I felt, the love that embraced me. I can't prove it. Look at my look at the work since then. Well, yeah, that's and, proof. And that's yeah. what I tell people is 6.5 million words I've written, nine books, and 170,000 lives touched across the country and nearly every state across the nation salvations, healing, you name it. I mean, the people are giving their life to Jesus because I'm willing to share my testimony. And I'm not the hero of this. It's not because I stopped and I paused. The hero of this story is Jesus alone. That's it. And my biggest mistake was trying to carry my burdens all on my own. There is no better motivation than Jesus can take all of your mess and give you life again and give you a desire to live again and give you a will to fight again. And you can get up from whatever you're dealing with and fight back. And so that's where I'm at. And um, I praise God every day for every moment of pain because I I wouldn't be where I am today. And that's how I knew that I've forgiven instead of just going through the motions. And forgiveness for me, and we can talk about it in one of the principles from the Unconquered Code, is an act of obedience to the Father we take in faith. Because I don't see how I could forgive, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's right. Yeah, he calls you to things that you can't do without his supernatural intervention. Yeah, because some of that humanly would just be very hard to forgive. And you're saying that what happened in that in that patrol car was supernatural in a piece, as the Bible says, that uh, is beyond our understanding. That's really the best thing you can say. There's no way to say it. Other than it was beyond your understanding. So, you, But you have taken this book, and you mentioned one of those, and you said, because I know some people— when you talk about this, you go, well, look, the, whatever the problem is, Jesus is the answer. And they hear you, and they go, yeah, but mm-hmm. but can you give me more details? Can, <laughs> yeah. you, can you give me a little more life application? <laughs> and, you, and you do that. Yeah. There's there's practical advice here, and, and what I like is it's not a hard read because you would have lost both of us. <laughs> uh, Early. It, Early. It, it gets right to the point, but there's ten principles. So and I, we're not going to ask you all ten, but, but, but talk about uh, a couple of them. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Number one is acknowledge the pain. Right. I think a lot of times we want to go through life and pretend something isn't bothering us. There's, there's not a pain, and we want to just put on the smile, put on a mask. Look, you can wear a mask a little while. Eventually, the wall is going to come down, and it's going to come out. So acknowledge the pain and seek the heavenly healer. Uh, number two, recognize you're in control of yourself, no one else. What that means is I cannot control what has happened to me in the past, and there may be most likely will be things happen in the future that I cannot control. Right. You know how, I, what I can control is how I respond to these things. Yep. And so I'm going to control my response to stuff instead of reacting based on emotion. And probably the most important, in, in my opinion, the most important, if I had to pick one, is going to be number four, uh, forgiveness. Discover freedom mm. and forgiveness. It's not for mm. the offender, it's for you. Yeah. Forgiveness, like I said, an act of obedience to the Father. He said, forgive, we're going to forgive. Even though in our human emotion, I cannot fathom what it looks like to forgive people who have hurt, not just me, but so many of my friends that I've come to know across you know, the country the past several years, I can't fathom forgiving some of the things, but that's not my job. You're either going to forgive or you're going to try to be the judge. Which right. one are you going to do? Yeah, and you you say in the book, and you've even got a great quote from Martin Luther who said the same thing. Mandela said something also that was uh, I've never forgotten is 
to refuse to forgive someone is like you drinking poison, expecting them to die. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, it, it only uh, damages you, and, yeah. and Luther said something similar. But I think one of the things, and Bubba, you and I have talked about this, you and I have had to forgive people. And how about this? I've had people have to forgive me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, in a big way, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of those kind of testimonies that one of the things I say just about every time I speak, look, if God can forgive me, forgiving you will be no big deal. That's right. <laughs> you know it, but but – one of the things I think we have to always communicate, and you do in the book, forgiveness doesn't mean what they did to you doesn't matter. That's right. Doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Doesn't right. mean it wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not justifying it. You're not saying it's okay. You said it best. You're just being obedient because if God tells you to forgive, it must be the right thing because He said it, and I can speak from experience. You can. You can. Yeah. It does free you from the bitterness. I'm, it really does. It just it allows may, you to move hey, on. The other person it. may never come around, no. but but it frees you from the bitterness. It's, and that's on them. I'm going to release them to God. I'm going to say right. what you've done to me. I'm not going to try to seek vengeance for. I'm not going to harbor resentment and bitterness. I'm, I'm going to give it to him. And it's all on that. So and how do we navigate that? So I go through some of those things a little bit more in detail, obviously through the book and then through some of the stuff we do in, in public speaking events and trainings and whatnot. But I think another one is, uh, experience true power through daily surrender to Christ. And, and, you know, that can look like if, if we're not careful, a religious experience right? where we, we respond to an altar call, we say a prayer with the pastor and then we get up and man, that feels good. And we walk out, but this has to be something we do every morning, maybe sitting in the traffic jam when somebody cuts us off and you want to <laughs> yeah. give them a good wave yeah, that's um, a real test that's a real it test really yeah. is. <laughs> is, isn't it test of where you are yeah um and it's just it's navigating surrender in every moment where you would rather have your human emotion lead you in a moment where he needs to be the one leading you and so it's a whisper it's a little whisper and it's a constant sort of abiding with him and he abiding with you mm-hmm. where you say I'm going to let you lead this moment because if I do it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a mess. Right. And so in doing that every day, living in that place is a healthy place to be. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Adam Davis. Uh, live unconquered. Uh, and, uh, and we'll talk more about that when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. Well, it's interesting that we now are moving into a discussion about bad habits, uh, and, and the, sometimes these are hard to break. That's why I want to point you to a new product called Fume. Uh, look. Quitting cold turkey, uh, it, it's uh, like I love cold turkey on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break bad habits. Sometimes that's a hard one. Uh, so uh, you know, or somebody's telling you, "Well, you got to do this. You got to get your mind." And look, sometimes uh, you you need a practical uh, solution to breaking a bad habit. And I hope fume is that for you. You, you got to look at it in a different way. Not not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So maybe sometimes for you it might be better this drastic, uncomfortable change may not be the best way to remove the bad from the habit. So you just replace the bad habit with a habit that's similar, but it's not bad. And that's where Fume comes in to help you. It's completely natural uh, instead of electronics. It, it, instead of, uh, instead of uh, Fume uses flavored air. Uh, and instead of harmful chemicals, it uses all-natural delicious flavor. So you get it. Instead of it being a bad habit, you're enjoying a habit, but now you're making that habit good. Uh, and it's a habit that you're free to enjoy. And it makes replacing the bad habit 
very easy. And also, if you're like me, I like to fidget. It really helps <laughs> if you like to fidget. So if you'd like to get yours now, and you, you'll love this product, and it'll really help you to get the bad out of your habits, go to Trifume. Now, it's spelled F-U-M, but it's pronounced fume. T-R-Y-F-U-M dot com slash Rick Bubba, and we're going to go ahead and get you an additional 10% off your order today. We're already going to get you a good deal, but we'll get you an extra 10%, and you can take the bad out of that habit. Trifume, that's F-U-M dot com slash Rick Bubba. Adam Davis is our guest. Uh, the book is Unconquered, uh, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. So, Adam, you mentioned something that I, I, I want to double down on, and it was the one you just talked about. And, and you were saying, you know, it's one thing, and I think the, the, the problem we find a lot of times, I know it happened in my life, when it comes to redemption, which, of course, we think is, is the, the foundation of all hope yeah. and anything turning and being changed, we can't change ourselves uh bubba's heard me tell this story so many times uh but uh, we had a dear friend who has gone on to glory bill searcy and bill searcy was the kind of guy that someone like you would have been arresting off uh, you'd be kept arresting him over and over again you know the multi-time offender oh, yeah, right. you're almost like bill we can't be back at this again and so he had a terrible problem with drugs and alcohol and violence and crime of course, those things made him a criminal because he needed to find a way to get money for him, and you can't hold a job like that. No. <laughs> and so before he was redeemed, he would see counselor after counselor after counselor, and they would always tell him to change his environment. You need to change your environment. You, you need to maybe, Why don't you move and start new and so-and-so? And this is this, and you talk about this in the book in a different way, but Bill Searcy said something so profound. And if you ever get here, you can actually start addressing the problem. He said, here's the problem with your advice. I've discovered that no matter where I go, there I am. <laughs> and, and, and he said, I'm already I, there. I am the problem. Yep. Yeah. I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people out here, you said you had that victim mentality and the things you went through are, that we're not minimizing how severe they right. are, but the turning around, you have to realize I'm the problem. So how do I fix me? Absolutely. And, 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 and when Jesus says that word abide, and you mentioned that, and I think many times this was happening in my life. I, t- I was, I, it's my own fault. Again, wherever I go, there I am. But I had gotten in my mind that I was supposed to get to justification, and that's the end. Whew! I'm redeemed. I'm not going to hell. And I've done the, what, what Scripture and all these preachers keep telling me. So now I just drift back into the, right. the, the, the life knowing that I'm not going to hell. And really, justification is the beginning. It's not the end. Yeah. That's why Jesus said, I'm the vine, John 15, connect yourself to me. But this word abide have y'all ever had a point in your life where you think that God shows you the same thing over and over again? He's trying to get your attention. When I first became a follower of Jesus in, in 1996, I saw the word integrity everywhere because I didn't have any. Right. And I could tell God wanted me to deal with the fact that I needed to rebuild my integrity as a man of God because I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And everywhere I looked, so I'd see the word integrity. Every verse I'd read would talk about integrity. Every sign I saw had integrity on it. Well, about, uh, about five years ago, the word was abide. Everywhere I went, I saw the word abide. Wow. Every 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 time I'd study scripture, it'd be verses about abide. Uh, and it really went backward. I went to 1 John, where he's writing the epistle, mm-hmm. which took me back to the gospel of John, because I'm wondering where is he getting, he says he got these instructions when he's dealing with the Gnostics, that he was told by Jesus that anybody that abides in him 
does not live a life of deliberate perpetual sin yeah. because of his. And I thought, well, where's this speech come from? And I found it. Well, he's, he's quoting John 15 when Jesus was teaching him that. Yeah. He was saying, I was with him, and this ain't what he said. He didn't say that we would continue to live lives of sin. The Gnostics are wrong. And so, so I started talking about, well, that word abide, what does it mean? It's not a casual word. It, it is make a decision to remain. It, was, it means to act in accordance with. So Jesus is the source, but you got to access that power, and you don't Absolutely. access that power in some casual relationship. No, no you don't. This, so he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, which you quoted, then I will produce much fruit, because apart from me, you can't do anything. 100%. And then the fruit that I'm producing, I'm the source, then that my Father will be glorified, and that will prove that you're my disciple. So I had to ask myself a question. Is the fruit flowing from me, does it look like I'm a disciple of Jesus? Because Jesus said it ought to be there. Why? Because of him. That's right. Yeah, um, it, It's not a casual thing. No, it is It is an intentional thing that we do every day, and it's not because we want to perform as a good of Christian course. or whatever. I want to access that power. I want to be in touch with the one who redeemed me. And here's how I see it. He did something for me nobody else could ever do. Yeah. Now, he's used my wife to teach me what forgiveness looks like. Because she's forgiven me of a lot. Amen. He's used my wife to teach me what grace <laughs> looks like. Amen. And and love and and so many other people around me. I've I've studied and I've seen it and so I've applied it. But he's done something for me that I could never do and nobody else could do for me. And that's the way he's loved me. And I feel like I owe my life to him because of that love. And I want to live it in a way that's the proper response to the love he's shown me. And how do I do that? And and that's constantly trying to and it and I fall short. I'm gonna fall short today and I'm gonna fall short tomorrow and every day. But for his grace, he sustains me and he loves me and he continues. I remember as a cop, I was so I was completely drunk. And this is horrible. But I was I remember hugging a toilet and there was just a little whisper that said, There's nothing you can do to change my love for you. Mm. He loved me through every bit of it. He never left my side. He loved me through it. And I remember kind of, and this sounds awful too, <laughs> interrogating God. Where were you when this happened? Right. If you're good, where were you in this, in this pain? If you're love, where were you in this? And I remember, lo, I'll be with you always. Call on me. Call on me. I'm there. And I have never, I have never, before that moment in patrol car, had a moment of peace or had it, you know, I've had it since, but I never had it before. I tried it in whiskey. I tried it in moonshine. I tried it in, in bad relationships and things I shouldn't be doing and bad habits. If you will take all of the stuff you're trying to fill your life with and find fulfillment and peace and hope, and you will flip that and just take Jesus and you follow what his word says, because I'm going to give you a little, I'm going to give it away here. This is based on a relationship with Jesus and points you to him, period, Un unashamedly. And if you read this book and you go to Jesus, then I have done my job. Right. Because that's going to be the source. You know, that's going to be the source. Adam, let, let me ask you this, because we've, we've been having this conversation in various mm -hmm. circles. As as believers, we talk about a daily walk. What, what does a daily walk look like for you? And and what do you what do you think that defines in modern day American culture? Yeah, I mean, it's a little different. It's It's understanding like. Moderation. I think y'all were talking earlier about <laughs> aspartame and diet coke. Right, right. <laughs> Twelve a day is a little much. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah uh, knock it back to three. <laughs> yeah. But who's your priority? Right. You know, we. 
I live in a world where we talk a lot about trauma. We talk a lot about pain, and that's just not something that's really attractive to talk about. No. But we can get to a place, and I grew up hearing people talk about my diabetes or my sugar or my cancer. Well, we talk about my trauma, and we could talk about our pain to the point, and I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not giving you a political response. <laughs> we can go somewhere with this that the trauma, the pain, the addiction, the sickness becomes the Lord of our life. It becomes an idol. Right. And so who are you pursuing more? Are you trying to become more like him? Are you trying to spend more time in his word? Are you reading, you know, stuff that's going to bring you closer to him? Um, if you have a moment where you wave at someone in traffic right. <laughs> inappropriately, are you, are you recognizing the conviction? Because I think that we can get to a place to where our hearts are hardened mm -hmm. because of society and the world and whatever excuse we want to make, and then we grow cold in our love for the Father. And so what do we do? How do we do that? So I'll, I'll start off my day. I don't always spend 30 minutes or an hour in the Word. It depends on where I'm going or what I'm doing. But my heart is con constantly drawn towards Him. And I can tell you that if there's a day where I find that I'm a little bit more shaken than others— it's because I haven't been where I need to be with no him. Doubt. And so it's constant. It's not, it's not stopping or getting on your knees and putting your hands together and bowing your head and praying. It's staying in a spirit of prayer. And, and, and it's easy to do that if you develop a desire. And so it comes with changing our appetite. So what is our appetite for? If our appetite is for watching violent movies all the time or playing violent games or engaging in these things, entertainment, and not for the things of his kingdom then that's what our spiritual belly is going to be filled with. So change your appetite and you'll find a change in your routine, but you need to have a, you need to have a routine in place. You need to have a way to start your day, bookend your day, and it should start with him and end with him. We'll come back. We'll finish our conversation with Adam Davis. The book is called Unconquered. We'll talk more about that. And there's some live events where you can actually go be part of that. And we'll tell you about one of those and where you can find the others as well. When Rick and Bubba university, the podcast con uh, continues. Patriot Mobile, I got somebody talking about that this week with me. They were asking me, tell me about Patriot Mobile. I said, well, apparently you look at Patriot Mobile and we can't say when it comes to our wireless service, we just don't have any other choices. We got to sell out to all the woke agendas out there. Well, you really don't. Patriot Mobile says we'll give you the best service uh, available. Uh, we use the same um, uh, you know, the, the, the same coverage that the, the three major networks use. We have access to the exact same coverage. If you don't like it, they'll switch you back. Uh, but when you say, I've had enough, I'm going to Patriot Mobile, you get a 100% U.S.-based customer service team. They make the switching easy. You keep the same number if you want to. You don't have to change your number. Uh, or you can upgrade if you want to. Their team can help you find the best plan for your needs. Here's all you got to do. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Rick Bubba, or you can call them at 878-PATRIOT. Now, when, when you say that uh, you're going with America's only Christian conservative wireless, wireless provider, again, that's the right thing to do if, if, that, if that's you know your principles, but don't think you have to compromise quality. You don't. We would never ask you to do that. No, I, no. I, I nobody think, wants you I to think do it that, should be. Right? And, yeah. and if you don't agree it's as good or better, then they'll switch you back. That's patriotmobile.com slash rickbubba or call them at 878-PATRIOT. Adam Davis is our guest. Uh, Unconquered is the book. Now, this also does feature, though, some live events. Um, and, uh, and, and, and these live events that you guys are doing now, I know that, uh, there's one coming to our home market. Uh, those who don't know the show's based out of Birmingham and it's coming up on October the 11th. Now the tickets, 
are going to cut off on my birthday, October the 3rd. So um, <laughs> if you'd like to know more about this, uh, bluewatchfoundation.org slash unconquered. bluewatchfoundation.org slash unconquered. Now, I, I know the folks at, at Blue Watch Foundation. I've had the honor to go and speak uh, at one of their gatherings, and, and they do a great job looking after the coping skills and the mental health of those who service in law enforcement. Yes, sir. Yeah, and, and they're there to offer that encouragement they need, any kind of counseling that they need, uh, because let's face it, unfortunately, Adam, we're living in a time, we talked about it on the big show the, the very day that we recorded this, we have a generation that's been taught instead of respecting law enforcement, they're actually being taught to not respect it and see y'all as the bad guys. Oh, absolutely. And that's not going to get much better anytime soon. And what does that do to your psyche if you're already uh, out there putting your life on the line? Like, who, yeah. want, who wants to do this? No. I mean, and, and there's men and women, there's a remnant of men and women who get up every day knowing that. Oh, if yeah. you want to know what love looks like, right? look at law enforcement who get up every day and continue to serve when people hate them. Boy, that's a good word. So if you'd like to be part of that, and I know you'll be there, yeah. uh, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Gov, uh, Colonel Dave Grossman will be there. He's uh, retired from the Army, and he's one of the nation's leaders in, in law enforcement training. Andy Hughes will be there. Uh, he'll also be speaking. So if you'd like to be part of that one, uh, the cutoff is October 3rd to be registered. Go to bluewatchfoundation.org slash unconquered, and then you can also see other ones that are available that may be closer to where you are. Yeah, so I've, I've got another. I've got a couple more. Russellville, Arkansas. I think we have a oh, mutual yeah. friend up yeah, there. Yeah, we sure do. John, John is Harris, good yeah. people. So yeah. um, go go check them out. I don't list them on my website uh, just because of some security issues that we had in the past couple of years. But if you want to find out if I'm in an area near you, contact me. But this is as close as I'll be at home speaking this year. Okay. This is it. So to wrap it up, we got about two and a half minutes. Yes, sir. The introduction says something that I think we've missed. Uh, we may have covered it in general, but I want to get specific. And Bubba, you and I have talked about this. I always want to know what I'm getting myself into. All right. Talk about don't underestimate the battle. Mm. I think that's where so many of us get defeated. And I know men are the worst, mm -hmm. and I've got my hand up. <laughs> yeah, me, I'm rather hey, hey, God, I'll get back to you on the big stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I got this, uh, and I feel weak if i got to lean on you too quick. We do, we, you cannot underestimate the battle. Don't you think for a moment, the moment you begin pulling away from darkness and surrender your heart to Jesus, or if you've already been redeemed and you just got pain, don't you think that a single prayer is going to be the only thing that you've got to go through? No. There's an enemy that hates you with more than you could ever fathom. Right. But the opposite of that is a, Lord, is a Savior who loves you more than you could fathom. There is going to be a battle that you have to go through if you will fight it the right way, if you'll follow these 10 principles from the Unconquered Code, you're going to find victory. You don't have to strive because he's got the battle. Right. And I teach you how to deal with it here. Don't think that it's not going to be easy. I talk about the Battle of Peleliu in there. We don't have time to get into it, <laughs> but it's one of my favorite stories from uh, from the history of World War II. Yeah. Um, so I, I encourage you to check that out. I think you could actually read that for a free preview on Amazon. Okay. So you could read that part. Well, I think about when I read that introduction, yeah. I thought about C.S. Lewis. What, what an incredible statement from him. And Bubba's like, he's going to use the C.S. Lewis thing. <laughs> about it. But it, but it, because I didn't really understand that I had a, a spirit that was dead before I was redeemed. Amen. And, but I had a flesh that was uh, that was winning. I mean, like my spirit was getting beat like a homecoming game because it was dead <laughs> because yeah. of my sin nature. But but Lewis warned you. He said, now, when you're justified, 
and that dead spirit becomes alive, he says, you know, you don't know the strength of the Nazis by going along with them. When you saw their strength is when you opposed them. And he said the same as the flesh. When that spirit comes alive and now there's a battle, your flesh will begin to fight for its life. Oh, absolutely. And and I, I'm glad that I understood that. Took me a while to understand it. And then, of course, Paul tells the church at Galatia, he says, the battle now is between the spirit and the flesh, and the one you feed is the one's going to win. Back to us talking about abiding and, and, and getting the plan. Yeah, so, so don't underestimate the battle. I mean, you got the source. And, and uh, you know, honestly, I know how pathetic the battle is. And, and I, 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 for a long time, I wondered, why does Satan hate us so bad? And I, I forget who told me this. I forget what I read. Gosh, I wish I could remember the resource. It, it, it might have been John Phillips. But, but anyway, he said the reason why he hates human beings, if you have any children, you got it. If somebody comes after Adam, Bubba, Rick, that's bad. But what if they went after our children? It's going to be a bad day for them. And so what Satan realizes is he really is enamored with these people. And the biggest way I can thumb my nose at the God that kicked me out of heaven on my rebellion and has offered me no redemption, and those that went with me, we get no redemption. Mm -hmm. The best way I can get him and hurt him is by destroying his children. Mm. And that's why we're hated. Because I, hate I thought, him. well, why do you hate us? You, uh, you, you, you're, you're mad at God. Yeah. Well, uh -huh. to get to get God back, yeah. go after it's his children. It's going to be a bad day for him. Yeah, it is. Well, he's defeated. <laughs> he is and you need to remember that too. That's right. Adam, thanks for being with us. Thank y'all so uh, much. The book is me. Unconquered, and uh, and you can is it what what site should they use to go get? You can get it at Amazon. You can get it anywhere. Yeah, anywhere right? you get a book. All right, anywhere you get a book. Unconquered by Adam Davis. Ten principles to overcome adversity and live above defeat. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us on this powerful edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.